Good evening and welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church where God has called and gathered us here this night to receive his gifts through his word. Our first reading is the intro for Palm Sunday. Or for Monday Thursday. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In him is salvation, life, and resurrection from the dead. By him we are redeemed and set at liberty. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In him is salvation, life, and resurrection from the dead. By him we are redeemed and set at liberty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Old Testament reading is from Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts, and the lentil of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. And I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statue forever, you shall keep it as a feast. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle text is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you, this do in remembrance of me. 
In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you also should do just as I have done to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you boast in? What is your way of boasting? For the vast majority of us, the easiest thing for us to boast about is to boast about things that we have done. To boast about our accomplishments, to talk about how we did the things that other people couldn't do. Or maybe what we do is we boast about what we haven't done. Well, gee, I've never been to jail or prison, and, and I've never done this, and I've never done that, and, and that's what 
boast about. Of course, we see that this boasting is focused on ourselves, focused on our ways. The ways that we've decided to live our lives, the actions that we've taken in our lives. But maybe, maybe instead of boasting about yourself, you boast about others. You boast about what others have done, probably other people that you've supported, maybe even other people that you've raised, or other people that you've, you're proud of, your friends or your family, maybe who you voted for to get into the government. Or maybe you boast about what those people haven't done, about the mistakes that they haven't made, about how, well, my kids are much better than those kids over there because they haven't done any of these things. Again, that boasting is focused on other people, but still it's really just another way of focusing on your own way, of boasting about what you or those close to you have done. And hopefully you realize that when push comes to shove, none of that boasting is worth it. Because as much as maybe we do the right thing occasionally, as much as maybe our family and friends don't get into trouble as much as others do, we are all still human. And if we are boasting about what we as humanity have accomplished, push comes to shove, that's not going to meet the standards. And so instead, our intro in for today starts us off by talking about what we should boast in. Starts us off by focusing us on what God has done, and focusing us on what God hasn't done. Listen again, therefore, to our intro for today, and hear about that which we should boast about, about the way of the Lord. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Him is salvation, life, and resurrection from the dead. By Him we are redeemed and set at liberty. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations, that the people praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, let all the ends of the earth fear him. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In him is salvation, life, and resurrection from the dead. By Him we are redeemed and set at liberty. Our introit speaks to us of the way of the Lord, speaks to us of trying to ensure that our Lord's way may be known on earth. But what exactly is that way. What is the way on earth? Well, the first step on that way is recognizing that literally every single human being that 
that has existed, except for one, has no grounds to boast about anything. Has no grounds to boast about anything that they have done, about anything that they have avoided doing, because deep down, in our very nature, we are all sinful. We have all been corrupted by sin, so much so that we are even born and conceived sinful and selfish. So much so that we are dead in our sin, dead so much that we cannot do anything, spiritually speaking, to save ourselves, nor can we do anything to save anyone else. The first step on the way is us recognizing, being told, and believing that we need to be saved. And then the next step is after recognizing that need, after knowing about your own sinful nature, knowing that there is nothing that you can do, recognizing and believing the truth that our Lord has in fact already accomplished our salvation. This is what we are beginning to celebrate this evening. Although in many ways we started celebrating this truth all the way back at Christmas. We started celebrating the truth that our Lord came to us. That our Lord became one of us and became that one singular human being who has the right to boast about what he has done. That one singular human being, that one man who was in fact God, that Jesus the Christ came to be one of us to save us, came without sin to bear the burden and punishment of sin. That is what we are beginning to celebrate. Tomorrow you will hear even more of what our Lord did on the cross for us about how our Lord hung on that cross, taking the punishment for our sin onto Himself in order to ensure that we can be forgiven. In order to ensure that, in fact, we are forgiven. And then, of course, on this coming Sunday, we will celebrate the truth that our Lord did not just die on the cross for our sin, but that he proved that his sacrifice was accepted and rose from the dead, proving to us that we will rise from the dead. That is the way that we are saved. By Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, which he did, and then rising from the grave, proving our resurrection as well. We must somehow believe that truth. And so the question then is, how does that happen? And this is part of his way that our Lord teaches and delivers salvation to us. He does this very simply. He does this very humbly. It's not complicated. 
He simply left his teachings to the apostles to then be shared with us. He left his word to tell us what he has done for us. And he then gave that word the power and sent the Holy Spirit to use that word to create faith inside of us through that word. That we might believe this truth and thereby be with him forever. But our Lord is incredibly generous. And so, instead of just giving us a word, instead of just giving us a teaching, He has given us visible things that we can touch and feel in order to continue to reassure us and continue to deliver to us that forgiveness of sins that we so desperately need and to continue to create and strengthen the faith inside of us. This visible word is, of course, the second. Baptism, where we are washed clean, where the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us and creates faith inside of us. And the Lord's Supper, which our Lord instituted on this very night. The Lord's Supper, which He instituted in that upper room in order to give us the sustenance that our faith needs, the nutrition that our faith needs spiritually in order to be able to continue being Christians in this dark, dark world. And today, that's what we're going to focus upon, because that is the focus of Monday, Thursday. Our Lord's institution of the Lord's Supper, the saving power that can be found in the Lord's Supper. Saving power that is real, just as real as you hearing it through the Word, just as real as the baptism. This bread and wine that our Lord gives to us is the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't know the mechanics of how that works. We simply trust that when our Lord says, this is my body and this is my blood, that he means what he says. That somehow, in some way, that bread, while still being bread, is also our Lord's flesh, His very body. And that somehow, that wine, while still being wine, is somehow our Lord's blood. The very blood that He shed on the cross for us. And in fact, that is why He gives this to us. He gives us His body and His blood to eat and to drink in order that we may partake of the saving sacrifice of His death on the cross. That's how sacrifices work. We saw that in our Old Testament reading for today. That the Passover sacrifice was consumed by those who needed it. Was eaten by them. And so, therefore, in the very same way, we partake of our Passover lamb. We partake of the one sacrifice, which was the sacrifice to end all of them, the one that fulfilled all of them, the one that truly won us the forgiveness of our sins. And by doing so, we receive the forgiveness of our sins. And yet, 
There's even more that we are given in this sacrament. Our Lord gives us His body and blood in order to strengthen and nourish the faith that is inside of us to withstand the trials and temptations of this life. Our faith needs to be built up. It needs to be strengthened. We need to seek to be mature in our faith, to grow up and to become the mature sons and daughters of our Lord that we are meant to be. And partaking of the Lord's Supper is part of what makes that happen. It's part of what gives us that strength and that nourishment to be able to not be rocked by what's going on in the world around us. And that is so particularly important right at this moment. And yet, there is even more to the Lord's Supper. As you heard in our epistle reading, whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Us coming to the Lord's table, coming and receiving the body and blood of our Lord, is us confessing the truth of the presence of that body and blood. Us confessing the truth that when our Lord died on that cross for our sins, that He truly won our sins. Us confessing our faith in that truth. And us confessing as well that we believe, along with all of those who join us at that table, And yet, even as we celebrate that truth, even though as we come to our Lord's table seeking that which He would give us, we do recognize as well what our intro it says. When it says that God shall bless us, let all the ends of the earth fear Him. You heard what St. Paul said in his epistle to the Corinthians. You heard that even though we approach the table of the Lord joyfully, ready to receive that which is there, we must also approach it fearfully. For we must recognize the truth that that bread and that wine is the true body and blood of our Lord. Which means that if we partake of that bread and wine, without recognizing and believing in that presence, without recognizing and believing the truth that our Lord's body and blood is there, then we are rejecting the truth that our Lord has taught us. We are rejecting the very body and blood of our Lord. And by so doing, rejecting the salvation and the forgiveness that are being offered there. We recognize the truth that that is worth being afraid of, that that is worth being careful about. We must recognize that if we come and we reject our Lord's body and blood, thereby rejecting His salvation and His forgiveness, that we are, instead of strengthening our faith, weakening it. We are making ourselves more susceptible to the trials and temptations of this life. Even to the point where St. Paul says that that's why people are falling asleep. Which is just another way of saying that that's why they're dying. 
because they are taking the body and blood of the Lord in the wrong way, not recognizing the truth that it is there, and therefore rejecting it. And that's not even to speak about talking about if we are coming and we aren't believing what everybody else there is believing, that we are also rejecting the fellowship of those that are there. All of this is to say that if we do this wrongly, we are calling down the judgment of which Paul speaks onto ourselves. This barrier that Paul puts around the Lord's Supper is one that we all struggle with. It's one that's hard to recognize, but we must also recognize that this is the Lord's way. That He is the one who set this up. He is the one who explained to us how this works through the Apostle Paul, and He is the one who instituted the supper, declaring that that bread and wine is His body and blood. This is why we call the Lord's Supper an intimate meal, an intimate meal with God and our fellow believers. And is the reason why we don't have barriers around baptism in the same way that we do around the Lord's Supper. Because nowhere in the Bible are there these warnings about baptism. Whereas as you heard just a little bit ago, those warnings are here for the Lord's Supper. The Lord has given the church the stewardship of this sacrament. And the church, in turn, has given that stewardship to the pastoral office for the sake of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because we recognize the truth that we don't want to hurt our brothers and sisters. That we don't want them to be weakened. That we don't want them to unknowingly reject what God has given them. And therefore, we do our best to ensure that people are able to examine themselves, that people know what is there, so that when they do take it, that they may receive that forgiveness, that strength, and that salvation that is being offered there. Because it is being offered there. And therefore, we rejoice in this way. We rejoice that our Lord has given a way for all people to be saved in Him. That He has given us His Word, which goes out into the world for everyone. That He has given us His baptism, in which everyone can be cleansed. And that He has given us the Lord's Supper, in which all who are in fellowship with each other may come together and receive the gifts that He has offered. And make no mistake about it, we desire that our Lord should admit all people to the sacrament. We desire that all would come and partake of that intimate feast with us because we recognize that God wants everyone at His table. But we also recognize that if you approach the table of the Lord wrongly, that you may be disciplined. And therefore, we recognize that not all are ready or even know how to examine themselves. And so we seek to help those who aren't ready. This is why we teach our kids and our children 
before we give them the sacrament. This is why we have new adult classes, in order to teach them what's going on there, in order that when they approach, they may truly receive the salvation, forgiveness, and strength that is being offered there. And we rejoice that our Lord has given us multiple ways of receiving that salvation. We rejoice that while perhaps not all can come to the sacrament, especially here and now at this time, a time when many places are not able to offer the sacrament as we would desire, we rejoice that our Lord has still given us His Word, and we rejoice that our Lord has still given us our baptisms, both of which are always with us, and both of which are always with all Christians. And we rejoice that what we are going to celebrate tomorrow, that when our Lord died on the cross, that He died for the sins of all, and that anyone who believes that truth, that anyone who has been granted faith by the Holy Spirit through the Word, will be with Him and with us for all eternity. This is what we boasted. This is what we can brag about. What our Lord has done for us when He died on the cross, that we can boast about the way of the Lord that He has given us, the power that He has given us to believe, the forgiveness that He has given us through His Word and His sacrament, that we can boast that our Lord earned our forgiveness, that our Lord earned our salvation and proved our resurrection. This is what we boast in. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.